Thank you for joining us on our podcast for Faith Center Church. We hope today's message builds you up and brings you hope right where you're at. Hope you enjoyed the message. back in the house of the Lord. Amen. I want you to turn to John chapter 11. If you were not here Wednesday night, I talked about expectations. How sometimes we expect something only to be what? Let down. And uh, we didn't have online, or online wasn't working, or it was working, but we just didn't have the staff to staff us, so that's why we weren't online, we're not online on Wednesday night. But I'm going to continue uh, from that message, and this message is entitled, Dealing with Disappointment. How, do you, how many of you have been disappointed? How many of you are in some disappointment right now? Come on, let's be honest, we're in the disappointment. How do we deal with it? How do we deal with it? How do you deal with an expectation that's let down? I shared a story, and for those of Wednesday night we're here, you get to hear it again. Everybody say amen. Because <laughs> I'm such a good storyteller. But Tracy and I, we went to, uh, I was invited to speak in Arkansas, little bitty town in Arkansas. I mean, the whole town was about 600 people. And Dylan was what? How old was he? Two or three. Yeah, the story I told the other night. Yeah, he's two. I thought he was three or four. Tracy would get home. She goes, no, honey. He was like two. He was walking around and stuff. And so, anyway, so we get there, and they're going to put us in this motel. And, of course, it's a very small town, and it's definitely not what we were expecting, to say the least. Shag carpet, paneling walls. It was bad. Our expectations were, just, were you know, because God told me, we're in Arkansas, we've got beautiful pine trees, and the mountains, one I'm expecting this nice bed and breakfast, you know. Uh-uh. Paneling the wall, shag carpet, not clean. I, I can stay about anything as long as it's clean. Not clean. Dylan's running around in the floor, you know, I mean, running around the floor and stuff, and he, he jumps up on the bed, and when he does, look at the bottom of his feet, it's just solid black. Tracy freaked out. And so I said, well, she's, honey, we, we, we can't do this. I said, well, where are we going to go? Because this is definitely not, I mean, this, the nearest motel was probably 80 miles away. So I said, let's just, I said, let's get ready. Let's go eat dinner because they had a restaurant right there. And uh, we walked into the restaurant. It was like a nightclub. It was like smoke billowing, you know. You know come on, you, don't act all holy like you ain't never been to a nightclub. Get your groove on. I know some of y'all. So anyway, I'm like, she goes, oh my gosh, I mean, the smoke just took you back. And so I was trying to be as nice as I could. So I walked this gentleman I thought was working at the restaurant. He was not. But I asked him, I said, sir, is there a non-smoking session? And I'll clean it up. He goes, oh, heck no, you smoke anywhere you want to in here. Just go ahead, fire it up. Needless to say, we were very disappointed. Our expectations were not met. And so I want to deal with disappointment today. I want you to turn to John chapter 11. I'm going to read verse 1 through 5. And I'm going to go to John chapter 11 a lot. So just stay there when you get there. A certain man was sick. Lazarus of Bethany. The town of Mary and her sister Martha. 
It was that Mary who anointed the Lord with fragrant oil and wiped his feet with her hair, whose brother Lazarus was sick. So we got Lazarus sick. Therefore the sister sent to him, saying, Lord, behold, he whom you love is sick. When Jesus heard that, he said, This sickness is not unto death, but for the glory of God that the Son of God may be glorified through it. Now Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. Father, speak to the heart of every person here. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. John is the writer of this right here. Okay? And John's letting us know here that Lazarus is connected with Mary and Martha. Mary and Martha were very generous to Jesus. They were all friends. And when they sent the word to Jesus that Lazarus was sick, they were kind of light on the details. They didn't, they didn't really say how serious it was. And they don't even call him, you know, Lazarus by name here. They said, your friend, who you love is sick. And in this writing, John is building an expectation about what's going to happen next. And here's my question. Who are the people you expect the most from in your life? And I ask that because this. You generally expect the most from people who what? You've done the most for. It's just instinctively within us. We expect it. When my kids lived at home, they didn't ask me for food. They expected me to feed them when they were hungry. They expected their expectations to be met. Even to this day, my kids that are fully grown come over to the house. And if I don't have Fruit Loops for Dylan and Lakin, or Tony Tiger, Frosted Flakes, they're upset with me. Jesus fits in both of these categories for Mary and Martha. So when they sent the word that Lazarus was doing good, wasn't doing good physically, they assumed Jesus would just fulfill that expectation and take care of the whole situation. So Jesus, meantime, is doing miracles in another city. His friend Lazarus gets sick. Mary and Martha, big supporters of Jesus' ministry, come to him and say, heal Lazarus. They have what? They have an expectation. And I want you to write this down for all my note takers back there that got your TV trays out. Write this down. Your expectations won't always match your experience when it comes to the things you expect from God. I'll say it again. Your expectations won't always match your experience when it comes to the things that you expect from God. Because how many know we all have expectancies we want from God? Look at verse 5 and 6 again. Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. So when he heard that he was sick, he stayed two more days in the place where he was. That doesn't sound very logical. John spends five verses getting our hopes up to see a miracle, but instead we see Jesus staying right where he's at instead of going where he's needed. This is disappointing. One of the reasons is found in verse, verse 5 and 6. It doesn't say, but although, it says so. Let me go back up here and read this. Now Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. So, 
So when he heard. Doesn't say but all though, it says so. So he stayed where he was two more days. So when he heard he was sick, instead of getting the crew together, his posse together and coming back, he stays where he's at. That's not how it's supposed to go down. Come on now, you're Jesus. You need to come fix this. That's what we expect to find in this passage of Scripture. So here's my question. What do you do when God speaks a word you don't want to hear? Verses 7 through 17. After this, he said to the disciples, let us go to Judea again. The disciples said to him, Rabbi, lately the Jews sought to stone you. And are you going there again? And Jesus answered, Are there not twelve hours in the day? If anyone walks in the day, he does not stumble because he sees the light of this world. But if one walks in the light, he stumbles because the light is not in him. These things he said, and after that he said to them, Our friend Lazarus sleeps, but I go that he, I may wake him up. Then his disciples said, Lord, if he sleeps, he'll get well. Because how many know when you're sick, just a little sleep's all you need, right? However, Jesus spoke of his death, but they thought that he was speaking about taking rest and sleep. Then Jesus said to them plainly, Lazarus is dead. And I'm glad for your sakes that I was not there, that you may believe. Nevertheless, let us go to him. Then Thomas, then Thomas, who is called the twin, said to the disciples, let us go that we may die with him. Oh, Thomas, Debbie Downer. Let's go. We'll die with him. Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. So when, he, when Jesus came, he found that he had already been dead or had he been tombed for four days. Everybody say four days. Jewish custom, Jewish belief that was after you had been dead, three days, that the spirit left the body. Now we know the spirit leaves the body immediately when you die, but their custom and belief was it, was after, it took three days. So Jesus waits here until everybody knew that Lazarus was gone to accomplish what he wanted to do. And on the fourth day, Lazarus was dead. Spirit's gone. Fourth day, Jesus said, this would be a good time for me to step in and raise him up right about now. Now, what did Jesus state a few verses ago that we just read? What did he say? This sickness will not end in death. But then it what? It does. Following, you're not hearing me wrong here, following Jesus can be disappointing sometimes. And you didn't hear that wrong. That's what I said. But you know, we just said, Pastor, a while ago, God is good all the time, and all the time God is good. Not today. Not right here. Following Jesus can be disappointing sometimes. That's going to make sense to you in just a little bit, okay? I promise you. I haven't lost it. Ladies, let me, let, me, let me show you something. Ladies, have you ever tried on a dress or an outfit in the store? Yeah. You know where I'm going with this, don't you, girl? And it looks so good. There can be discrepancies on you when you put those clothes on on that store compared to what they look like when you get home. Because when you get home, you're like, 
I know I look hotter than that in the store. I look good. What's happened? It looks so good on me in the store. Especially if you go to a nice store like a Macy's, you know. Years ago, I went to 50th Penn's Plaza. I like Tommy Bahama. They had, some, they had a Tommy Bahama store. So I walked in there, I'm trying on clothes. And man, I look good. If you didn't believe me, just ask me, Caleb. I told you how good I looked. <laughs> look good. Trying on clothes. And... But I knew this trick. And so I asked the guy in the store, I said, let me ask you something. I said, why does this shirt and these shorts look so good on me here and so different on me when I get home? You know what he said? It's the lighting. I said, what? He goes, seriously, it's the lighting. He said, did you know, not just this company, but many companies spend millions of dollars on lights. I said, well, why is that? He said, the lighting is designed to hit the clothes in a way where it makes you look like you've lost, you look 10 pounds lighter. And I'd say, I'd say like, fill up my cart, you know. If I look this good, fill up my cart. He said, that's what they want everybody to do. And I got to thinking about that. You know what it's all about? It's all about perspective. It's all about how we think God should do things in our lives. Perspective. What do you do if the test results don't improve? What do you do if things don't turn around? Let me say this about this passage. Although the Bible scholars that are in this room right now know that Lazarus raises from the dead, he still died. Mary and Martha don't have a clue what's coming next. They don't know this passage ends in a miracle. Right now, he's deader than dead. They're disappointed in Jesus. He was supposed to heal him, but he did it. Or not in their timing, he didn't. Jesus, the one they did so much for, doesn't meet their expectation. I mean, come on. He could have sent a healing handkerchief. You can get them online. Oh, well, I'll take all that. I'll, I'll give you some time to get that joke. He could have sent his word, but he did it for others. I mean, he healed other people. He could have just spit on some dirt like he did for the blind man and rubbed it in his eyes, but he didn't. It's disappointing and something that we don't like to discuss because we start thinking about things we're going through. There can be disappointment when following Jesus in our flesh. Let me just say this. If anyone ever told you that when you accepted Jesus, there would be no more problems, no more worries, no more stress, you'd always be happy, they lied to you. There will be disappointments. There will be things that you think, say, God, why? Why is this happening? Why haven't you answered my prayer? Come on. Has anybody ever said that besides me? Why haven't you answered my prayer? It's my family. It's my loved one. Why, God? Once you get out of the light of the store, you realize that this doesn't look as good on me as it did in the store. Here's what's interesting. All through Jesus' ministry, He disappointed people. 
he didn't meet their expectations. And you might say, come on, Pastor Craig, now that's really not in the Bible, is it? Oh yeah, it is. Think about it. They wanted Jesus to be born where? In a palace. But you know where he chose? A stable. That's disappointing to people. They wanted him to be born of a man and woman of natural union. Nope, he chose virgin birth. Disappointing. Jesus was coming home with Mary and Joseph one time. They look down. He's not there. He's ran back to the temple. They go back to the temple. They find him there. He's arguing with a rabbi. A kid. And what, did you, what would most parents do if your child who is 11 or 12 is arguing with a pastor? You beat him to death. No, I'm teasing. You don't do that. Half death. They scolded him and they say, you're our son. You do what we tell you to do. Will you say what we tell you to say? You know what he said? I've got to be about my father's business. He disappointed them. So yeah, it's in the Bible where he disappoints a lot of people. Jesus stood in the synagogue, read from the scroll, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. He has anointed me to preach the good news to the poor and the recovery of sight to the blind. And people got mad. People got furious. Why? Because he was speaking, watch this, as a prophet. They didn't know him as a prophet. They only knew him as Mary and Joseph's boy. They were disappointed because he wasn't fitting their expectations. How many times are we disappointed in God? Because he doesn't meet our expectations. It's okay to say, yeah, that's me. Because it's been me too. Peter was disappointed in Jesus. He wanted to be a general in the army of the living God, not the disciple of a dead one. Jesus feeds the multitude with the fish and loaves in John chapter 6. A few days later, they want him to do it all over again. And you know what he said? I'm the bread of life. He doesn't do it. They were like, come on, Jesus, do the fish and chip thing one more time. Come on. Sometimes what I'm trying to tell you, church, it's disappointing to our flesh when following Jesus because it's not always going to go down the way you want it to go down. It's not always going to turn out the way you thought it should turn out. But here's the good news. It will turn out better than you could ever hope, think, or imagine when you put your trust in God. Don't worry about this flesh. The crowds were disappointed in Jesus when He came into town on the week of Palm Sunday. What were they doing when He came in town? They were cheering. They were yelling. Hosanna. Hosanna to the highest. At the end of the week, you know what those same people were yelling? Crucify Him. Crucify Him. Come on, I'm preaching good, aren't I, Manny? Seems like everywhere he went, Jesus was disappointing somebody. Everybody except the one he came to please and the one he came to serve. When Jesus is explaining why he didn't go to Lazarus right away, he gives us insight behind the plan. Watch this. It's disappointing when somebody executes a plan different than the way you think it should be executed. Especially when they have all the power. And that's the case here with Jesus. He's got all the power. When somebody has a different plan than you, it's because they have a different perspective than you. God's perspective of your circumstance, of your situation, or whatever you're going through, I promise you, is a lot different than yours. 
Look at John eleven four. When Jesus heard that, he heard that he said, "This sickness is not unto death, but for the glory of God, that the Son of God may be glorified through it." Most of the time, let me just rephrase that: every time, God's plan won't match our plan. Every usually every time. And we're disappointed in the expectations of what we think they should be. Because God's perspective is so much greater than ours. Let me inject this thought right here. When it comes to our relationship with God, if anybody, if anybody's expectations should be disappointed, it should be Jesus's. Because I don't know about you, but I fail Him daily. I know I disappoint him sometimes. A lot more than he disappoints me. A lot more. And I'm not saying it doesn't hurt when bad things happen, because it does hurt. I'm not saying that you don't have the right sometimes to wonder, why God? How God? When God? I'm not saying that. I'm saying even though sometimes in life we don't get what we want from God, the truth is we don't really want what we deserve from God. Think about the things He didn't punish us for that He punished His Son for. See, it's all about perspective, church. And the most important thing you can do when you bring your disappointments to God is to realize by grace you've been brought into a relationship that is so much greater than anything you could have ever expected. That's why you look at it. So yes, I may be disappointed. But I'm not as disappointed as I would be if God decided to give me what I deserve. And, I, and I'm, hey, I'm going to be the first one to tell you today, I know this is not a shout-me-down type message. And it's not going to be a long message. I'm about to wind it up here, and we're going to be done earlier than we probably normally are. But here's what it is. It's the shock factor that we need to hear and that we need to realize it's all because of grace, church, that we're here. It's because of mercy we're here. We don't deserve the life that we have. We don't deserve the breath that we just took. Try to write a check for oxygen. You can't do it. It's a gift. Job said the Lord gives and the Lord what? Takes away. That's hard for a lot of non-denominational churches to talk about. The Lord gives and the Lord takes away. And I have no choice but to bless His name because you know what? He brought me this far. He took me out of the miry clay. He set my foot on a rock. So, excuse me maybe if I get a little excited during praise and worship. So, excuse me if I praise different than you praise. If I lift my hands or I lift my voice. But you know what? i got to praise Him because He's brought me out of, a disappointed, out of my disappointed expectations of life. That's why we worship Him. That's why we praise Him because we all had this plan and it was not going the way we thought it would. But when we accepted Christ, when He gave us that measure of faith, we accepted Christ into our life, grace took over our life, then we realized, you know what? It's not about my expectations. It's about God meeting every need that I have through His Son, Jesus Christ. I have joy every morning. Why? Because my relationship is in Him. Well, Pastor, I just, I just can't have joy every morning. Yes, you can. 
If you're a born-again believer, you can have joy every morning. Every morning. When your expectations are disappointed and the plans of God don't turn out the way you thought they would, here's what you do. You look for His perspective and you look for His priority. When they don't turn out, when you're disappointed, look for His perspective, His perspective, His priority. Look at verses 18 through 23 of John 11. Now Bethany was near Jerusalem, about two miles away. And many of the Jews had joined the woman joined the women around Mary and Martha to comfort them concerning their brother. Now Martha, as soon as she heard that Jesus was coming, went and met him. I bet she did. I bet she wanted to talk to him. But Mary was sitting in the house. Now Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. I bet she said it like that. But even now I know that whatever you ask of God, God will give you. Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. Now there are two continuums here that Martha is caught between. The first one is the past. Look at verse 21 again. Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you had been here. First one is the past. My brother would not have died. What's she doing here? She's hanging on her expectation on what would have been. Something God didn't do. Catch that. And you may be sitting there, well, if my dad would have stayed around and raised me, maybe then I'd be a better husband and a better father. Your expectations are in the past. God, you knew my parents were abusing me. You could have stopped them. If you would have, maybe I wouldn't be so messed up. Write this down. Don't hang your expectations on past events. Don't do it. Now, this is awesome. Notice how Jesus responds. Look at verse... Oh, wait a minute, I'm sorry. There isn't a verse because Jesus doesn't respond. (laughs) And it leads Mary and Martha to this conclusion. Okay, look at verse 22 and 24. Even now I know that whatever you ask God, God will give you. Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. Martha said to him, I know that he will rise again in the resurrection at the, at the last day. She's talking about future. She's talked about the past. My expectations was that you would come when I sent for you. If you would have been there, it could have turned out completely different. If you would have, then we wouldn't be in this situation right now. And she is divulging her expectations to the future. Write this down. The devil loves this. He loves it when you do that. Martha looked at Jesus and said, you should have been here. It wasn't supposed to happen like this. You should have been here. But I came to meet you because I still believe that you can do something about this situation. I can't change the past. He's been dead for four days. And I can't control the future. But I believe your presence in this situation can still turn things around. God can still turn things around no matter how bad the past looks. 
no matter the situation, how dead circumstance looks, God can turn things around. Why? Because He's God. He can do anything He wants to, anytime He wants to. He's sovereign. He don't work on our timing. He don't work on our schedule. He don't work in the earthly atmosphere. Miracles happen, watch this, write this down. Miracles happen when you stop looking for a way out of the situation. Miracles happen when you start looking away out of the situation and you start looking for a way that God can bring you through the situation. You don't need to be out. You need to get through it. Jesus said what? This sickness will not end in death. Yes, Lazarus died, but he didn't stay dead. Don't build your expectation on an event. Build your expectation on Jesus. Don't build your expectation on a circumstance. And I'm going to end with this right here. The scene of your greatest disappointment. You may want to write this down. The scene of your greatest disappointment could be a setup for your greatest breakthrough. We all sit here today. And one time or another in our life, we've been disappointed. But don't look at the disappointment. Look for the setup for your breakthrough. God, I'm not concerned about what I'm going through. I look to you. I put my trust in you. Listen, when you say that, you got to mean that. Because you can't give God lip service. Lord, I'm not concerned about what I'm going through. You lie and you are too. You haven't been given it to God yet. You still think if you hold on to it, if you worry about it long enough, if you cry over it long enough, it'll change. Guess what? It will not. It will cause stress. It will cause ulcers. I remember when I first met Tracy. I came to a point in my life, I had been running from God. I'd been going from relationship to relationship to relationship to relationship, trying to find somebody, living in the world's way as a prodigal son. I was running from God. And when I said, God, I'm done. I'm done running. I repented, I came back, and I said, God, I'm not looking for a relationship. I'm going to put my life into you, I'm going to put my heart into you, and I'm going to focus on you. It wasn't one month later that I met that outstanding woman over there. Folks, it's when you just say, God, I give it to you. I'm t- how am I- Are you not tired of stressing? Are you not tired of worrying? Because many of you are stressing and worrying over something you cannot change. Only God can. And don't build everything on past events. God said, this thing will not end the death. And guess what? It did not. And I don't know what you're facing right now. I don't know what you're going through right now. But it will not end in death. God will resurrect. But there's a there's, a, there's something you have to do that's very, very difficult, that's very hard, almost impossible for some of us. 
And they'll say, God, I just give it to you. I, just, I give everything to you right now. This situation, this circumstance, my body, maybe you're in sickness, maybe something's going on in your body. You can't change it. Only God can. And I know that sounds easier than it is. I get that. Well, it's easy for you to say, Pastor. Yeah, I, 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 get, I get you saying that. But if you'll get a revelation of, you know what? He's right. i got to give this thing to God. And when you give it to God, you'll turn around, boom. All of a sudden, all of a sudden, Jesus raised him from the dead. All of a sudden, your situation turns completely around. But what the enemy does, he wants us to focus on, in our mind, God, why aren't you doing this? God, why aren't you working this out? God, why aren't you answering my prayer? And you're sitting there and you're questioning God. And sometimes it's okay to question God. I've said that before. And I can show you in the scripture if that's true, but that's a whole other sermon. But you can't question God to the point that that's all you focus on. You've got to come to a place where you say, God, I'm tired of questioning you. Now, I'm ready to put my trust in you. I'm ready for you, Lord, now to deliver me out or deliver me through this situation. It's up to you. It's your choice. I want you to bow your heads and close your eyes this morning. I want to ask you this morning because I really feel there's some people here maybe watching online this morning that you're going through something. You've been disappointed. I'll go this step further. You've been disappointed by God. You thought, Jesus, I thought this was going to work. I thought this, like Mary and Martha. I thought you were going to do it this way. God, you haven't done it yet. Things haven't come, haven't come past, past in my life yet the way I thought they would. I thought I'd have a family by now. I thought I had that good job by now. Lord, I thought this and I thought that. You put in, the, you put in that blank whatever it is that you thought. And God is saying to you this morning, it will not end in death. I will resurrect that very thing that you've been praying to me about. But I can't do it, saith the Lord, until you give it to me 100%. That's a word for somebody. How many of you in here would say, I receive that word. That word is for me. I receive it. Let me see your hand. Mine's lifted first. Thank you. Thank you. Hands everywhere. And I know that's kind of a broad statement or altar call. But I want to tell you something. God is going to meet you individually right where you're at. Even though many hands were raised, He sees us as individuals. Now here's what I want you to do. I want you to come in agreement with this prayer that I'm going to pray. Father, I pray right now, as your children come in agreement with you on this, I pray right now, whatever circumstance whatever situation, whatever catastrophe that they are in, have been through, or are coming out of. Lord, I thank you for 100% deliverance. I thank you for resurrection. The very thing that they thought was dead is going to come back to life. It's going to resurface. Lord, it's going to be overnight in Jesus' name. I thank you for that. Our people come in agreement with that right now in Jesus' name. All the God's people said, Amen. I want you to look at me. If that's you, I'm not going to have you come forward, but listen, if that's you, I want you this week to practice 
with this tongue right here. The Bible says life and death are in the tongue. Life or death. Right here. That small little muscle. Tongue. Life and death. I want you to practice what you say this week. Now, first of all, you've got to be careful what you say. If you're going to practice what you say. Start with, well, what do I say, Craig? 100% give it the word. 100% find your problem in this Bible. Every problem you'll ever have can be found right here. You start speaking the word over the problem. Not the way you think it should turn out. Not the way you think it should turn out. Well, I've been believing for this and I've been believing for that. I promise you, whatever you're believing for, you can find right here. Amen? You can find it right here. So your assignment for this week, if you show, so choose to accept it, quote a movie, is to practice what you say. Then believe what you say. Then expect what you say. Practice, believe, expect. I'm going to practice what I say. I'm going to believe what I say. I'm going to expect what I say come to pass. You do those three things. You don't waver on those three things. Your situation will turn around. I 100% guarantee it. That's a pretty big guarantee. I got a pretty big God that I serve and that you serve. And I know that he will not let you down. You know why? I have served him now for... Uh, 44 years. And you know what? God's never let me down. There's been some disappointments. I've had a few. But God has never let me down. Put your hat on that. Hang your hat on that. You know, if you can't hang your hat on anything right now, well, you know what? My pastor for 44 years said God's never let him down. I'm going to hang my hat on that because sometimes you have to use, you got to look at somebody else's faith and say, you know what? I got to have that right now because I had no faith in my life to get through what I'm going through. And I've been there too before. Hang your hat on one thing. God has never failed. I'll go one step further and I'll close. My second closing. How much faith does it take to trust in a God who cannot fail? Chew on that. Father, thank you for this service. Thank you for these incredible people. Lord, you saw every hand that was raised. You, owe, you know, God, every need that they have. And so, Father, I pray right now that you meet that need beyond even, Father, their expectation. I thank you they're going to give you praise for it. We thank you for all this. In Jesus' name and all of God's people said, Amen. I want you